What's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what this is. Kevin from the Core Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSOZ Rocks, Rock Metal Thrive. Hey, guys, it is November 11th. Happy Veterans Day to everybody in the United States that has served. Thank you for your service. And for you guys today, I've got one hell of another podcast for you when it comes to one hell of a great metalcore band that is going to be releasing their debut early in 2022. You're not going to want to miss out on it. Before we get started, though, I want to thank both our sponsors. First, I want to thank Phoenix Fitness because I'm still going to mosh pits like crazy. And I got to make sure that I have the energy and the stamina to continue to be in those mosh pits and be a force in those mosh pits and not jump out every single show. So I'm always going to the gym, working out, make sure my stamina is right with a bunch of cardio. But I got to make sure I recover right as well. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. Different proteins for AM, PM, and after workout, whichever you always go with the after workout one for me, if you're me. Pre-workouts, both stim and stim-free. You have different creatines, uh, BCLA recovery compounds after your workout, multivitamins, anything you need in the supplement game they have. Our listeners get 15% off using the code MSOTD at checkout. Link in the description of the podcast. Well, I also want to thank our other sponsor, Custom Debuts, as well. What Custom Debuts does is they create these different custom posters for you, whether it's like an album cover with the album track list, different styles they have for that, um, vinyl prints where it's like they have a vinyl record where they, you have a song in there, they have the whole entire lyric song. There's a more dynamic one as well. You can have them in a wood frame on museum paper, you can have them canvas printed, or you can have them aluminum printed as well. They work with you to create what whatever the heck you want in terms of song, like whatever song you want, whatever album you want from whatever artist. And they'll send it to you like 48 hours. Like, Hey, this is what we got. You approve it. And they send it to you in the mail and you're all good to go. Our listeners get 10% off using the code CPP10 at checkout. Link description of the podcast as well. So below if you're on YouTube or if you're on Spotify podcast, uh, iHeartRadio or Amazon, just look at the description. We got it all there for you. So thank you guys for sponsoring the core progression podcast. Now to our future presentation. So you know Cody Frayne, Sent Like Wolves, runs Theoria Records. That guy is always good to us. And he sent us one hell of a great band that's coming from the Melkor scene. The band is called If Not For Me. And we get to talk with their lead singer, Patrick, all about their brand new album, Eulogy, which comes out on February 25th, 2022. Yes, a little bit of a ways away, but you want to make sure you know about it because we go deep into the album. We go deep into not only the like, couple of deep cuts, like Powerless, Better Days, going to the songs like Voices, Too Far Gone a little bit as well, and just really look at how deep this album is, how incredibly well mixed this album is, how this band creates their music, and just, it is absolutely fantastic. Plus a little bit of an Easter egg, during the recording of this podcast, the band was doing an all-day writing session with Ricky from Ice Nine Kills. So you're going to end up seeing Ricky, if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, him like walking back and forth behind us, or behind Patrick from, if not for me, like 11 or 12 times. He does video bomb us on the first one, though. So thanks, Ricky. Let's get you on the podcast sometime soon. But before that ends up happening, I want you guys to listen to this one with Patrick of If Not For Me. Are you guys ready? Because, man, you better be. Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. Thanks to Mr. Cody Frayne from Theoria Records. Constantly sending us great bands. This is one that, you know, I'm not going to lie. This has been a little bit of a time coming, just trying to make sure, you know, schedules got aligned and everything. But this is one that I did not want to have a chance to miss out on due to the fact that this band, they've released two singles off their new album called Eulogy, which will come out in February of 2022. And I'm not going to lie. The singles, like, I heard both of them. I'm like, oh my God. So then for this podcast, I heard the whole entire album and it still has me like, oh my god 
So we got to talk about the whole entire thing. So please welcome from the band, if not for me, Patrick. So Patrick, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, man. How's everything going today? Because I know you've been working your fucking ass off today. Yeah, we've been working pretty hard today. We're uh, in the studio uh, with Ricky Armelino writing some new material for, I mean, really just for like the future, distant future. But um, but yeah, it's, it's been a long day. We've been here for about 10 to 11 hours already and we're still trucking. But so yeah, long day, but is what it is. Long day working your ass off, and of course working with Ricky and and like I we mentioned that right at the beginning, like before we started recording. I'm like, God damn it, man, you fucky son of a bitch! But you know what? Because I I've, I've heard like, of course, I love Ice Nine Kills. I heard their new record came out. I'm just like, this is probably the best record I've heard all year. So it's like, yeah, you're definitely right with someone good. Yeah, um, our our bass player um, Zach has worked with Ricky for a number of years now. Really, just just doing other bands and stuff like that. And so he's been he's been honest for a while, like, yo, we got to write with Ricky. We got to go write with Ricky. And, and we're finally doing it. And it's been like a really good experience so far. Like the, the shit we're coming up with is, is, is pretty solid. I'll say if the shit you're coming up with is pretty solid and you're still sitting on a whole entire album that you're releasing next year. And I mean, before we even jump into it, I'm just going to say this solid is the name of the game on that album. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we, we put go- a lot. <laughs> Oh, I assume you did. And we can go a lot more in depth with it. But Patrick, to start out this podcast, I like to always ask my guests three questions to start out. The first two, very simple, very easy. If you do not get these right, um, I'm going to assume you've probably had more hits to the head than I have in my lifetime. And I'm pretty hard to beat when it comes to concussions and hits to the head. But the third one, it'll put you on the spot a little bit, but it's all for fun and games. And while you think about your answer to the third one, I'll give you some examples of stuff I've heard when I ask that third question. And, well, you'll probably laugh at them too. So the first question is, what is your name? The second question is, when it comes to the band, if not for me, what do you do in the band? And the third one is, I want to know a little fun, wacky, interesting fact or story about yourself that will hopefully make me fall out of my chair, smack my head on the table. Yes, again, hit to the head and give myself my ninth concussion of all time. Some of the all funniest... Right. I'll say, just to give you a couple examples to start get the juices flowing, some of the stories I've heard, one was a uh, band from Florida, they uh, chloroformed their lead singer, dragged him to a beach, and buried him halfway in the sand, and took a bunch of ketchup and sprayed all over the place to make it look like his legs got bitten off by a shark, so when he woke up, it looked like he didn't have any legs. Other one was, there's a band, they're from North Carolina, my friends in Waking Terra, they were on the road, and uh, I think it was their guitarist, you know, on the road, gotta go to the bathroom, but there's no place to stop, so it took one of those, like, seven-up big gulps, just peed in it, and of course had to dispose of it, so he threw it out the window. Problem is, is the back window was also open. When you're driving 60 miles an hour on the freeway, the cup came back into the window and basically gave the drummer a literal golden shower. As soon as you said he threw it out the window, I was like, I know exactly where this is going. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got one other good one for you. It's for my friends in the band Empty, where they were driving from Atlanta down to Miami for a show, and... Their bus broke down, or their, their, yeah, their like van broke down, so they had to rent a box truck. And it's in the summer, super hot outside. Only two guys can sit in the box truck. There's five people there. So three guys are in the back of the box truck with equipment. And it's hot. It's even, there's no AC. So they're just sitting in the back there, just drinking, doing whatever. Bandit's getting pulled over by the cops because they didn't stop at a way station. And let's just say when the police officer opened up the, uh, box truck to see three guys in there down in their underwear drinking with a mattress air mattress on the ground and when the cop asked what the air mattress on the ground for one of the guys blatantly said 
oh man, we were wrestling back here. Oh my god. Oh man, that's pretty good. <laughs> Just like to give a couple of those crazy stories. Also, you know, some of the crazy stuff I've heard make you laugh as well, but then also get those creative juices flowing because... I've heard sometimes, like, I'm not sure what kind of stories we can tell in here, but I just give the ridiculous one. It's like, okay, if you got a ridiculous one, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think I have one might, that, that might top that. It might. I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what you think. <laughs> but well, I want to hear it. Jen, uh, Patrick Glover, uh, and I sing for If Not For Me. And, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> but now I'm ready for the story, bud. So to keep with the theme of um, ridiculous tour stories, and this one, it starts out very similar similar to the last one you said, um, but we were touring, and I think it was our EP release tour for Capture the Current in 2018, I want to say. I think that's, I don't even remember when that record came out. Um, so day one of tour, we get through fine, and then day two of tour, um, our van breaks down, and... Um, we were bummed because we like just built out the the van and like bunks and all that kind of stuff. And it was like really cozy. And yeah, so day two, uh, our van breaks down. And so the plan uh, was me and Hayden were, uh, no, it was me and our old drummer at the time. We ran to a uh, U-Haul that was about two miles down the road from when we broke down. We just like, we were like, well, this is going to be the quickest way. So we just ran to a U-Haul. We rented a box truck and the plan was to take the box truck to our van, get all our stuff that we needed out of it, and then drive to the venue and then figure it out from there. I think we were so we were in Massachusetts at the time, and we were supposed to be in Philly the next day to play Summer Slaughter, actually. Um, and so we get the box truck, we, we pick the, the shit up, we go to the venue, drop it off, and then my job was to go back to the U-Haul alone to drop off the box truck and then pick up a cargo van for the rest of the tour. And then, so I get to the U-Haul and I'm alone then. And so I, as soon as I get the cargo van, I pull out of the uh, parking lot and I just get rear-ended like super hard. <laughs> oh, so, so um, at that point it was like, guys, I'm not going to make the show. I don't know what's going to happen with the tour. Luckily, the band we were touring with, uh, their singer was able to, to fill in and, and do what he could. To, so uh, we, they were still able to play without me. Um, and the guys came to pick me up um, after that show. Um, and unfortunately, U-Haul didn't have any more vans or anything like that. Um, but as we were leaving the U-Haul at like 1.30 in the morning, uh, a cargo van comes in and they're like, hey, you guys still need to get to Philly tomorrow. And we're like, absolutely. So we we just happened to get this cargo van. Um, and then we drove to Philly and then we had to return it the next day because it was already rented. Um, so then we spent about a week in Massachusetts, just homeless. Um, and there was this crazy old guy that we met. Um, we call him Flat Black because he had a flat black van. Um, but he towed our van to try and fix it. And he spent a few days trying to fix it. Um, and then meanwhile, uh, he was driving us to all of our shows in the area. Cause luckily it was like Vermont, Connecticut or Rhode Island and like Massachusetts, like the, all the shows were mm -hmm. fairly close together. So we just basically lived with this guy for about a week while he was trying to fix up our van, which didn't happen. And then we ended up buying a van off of his buddy that barely got us home. <laughs> 
Um, and just like so much crazy shit happened on that tour that it's like when we talk about it sometimes it seems like more of a fever dream than anything because it's like dude i can't believe that happened like i'm trying to think of the one that he uh when we were we he's like homeless but he lives in like a chipper in a gas station parking lot for some reason (laughs) um and the one that he was trying to get us to like buy him a stripper or whatever (laughs) rv and like um, or it was a it was a prostitute and comes up to the door and he's knocking on it he's like can I have 20 bucks and we're like for what and and keep in mind like we've been he's been helping us out so we so we've been like paying for his meals like his alcohol and all that kind of stuff because he like didn't really have any money um so we were trying to do what we could for him but he was like I'm trying to get a blowjob from this chick outside and we're just like dude no <laughs> and um <laughs> That's just one of the crazy things that happened, but but somehow we ended up uh, finding a uh, finding a van, fixing it up enough to get home, and we did not miss a single show on that tour. And then when we got home, we got the news from our record label that we somehow charted on Billboard. So we were like, sick, because <laughs> if we had gone home like on day two when our van broke down, that wouldn't have happened. So luckily we uh, we stuck it out, and it was good. Holy shit. Okay, now that is definitely one of the funniest stories I've ever heard on this podcast. <laughs> just the fact that you live with a guy who are technically homeless for a week, and then just, again, the fact that this guy was like, you know, wanted $20 just to get a little bit of a, a little bit of pleasure on that one. It's like, uh, shit. Okay, what are we supposed to do in this situation? <laughs> it was wild, but like, we could not have been more thankful for him, honestly. Like, he helped us out so much. Even though he was like, uh, he was nuts. He, he, he just, he was quite the character. I, I don't really know how to describe him, but it was definitely one of the uh, most stressful and crazy weekends or weeks of my life. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I don't blame you. It's, it's just going to add to the whole entire lore that is the band, if not for me. It's just going to add to the whole entire legend that you guys are going to be creating over time. I hope so. We were We were saying that we should just, you know, write a memoir of it sometime. Because there was like so much that, so many little things that happened that were just super funny that like we wouldn't really believe if somebody told it to us. So it's like, we, we just got to get together sometime and just write it all down. But oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because there's going to come a point in time where, you know, like give it like maybe 10, 15 years down the line, all of a sudden you guys are continuing making music. You guys might be consistently charting on billboard to the point where you're going to want to have these stories written down at some point due to the fact that you don't want to forget anything and when you potentially write a memoir, write a book about this stuff, it's, okay, you're going to have a whole entire chapter dedicated just to that one week where you're technically homeless. Like, it's going to require, like, maybe, like, a 20, 30-page chapter. And it's going to be consistently people going through, like, what's going to happen next? Wait, okay, so the paper, okay, now this guy, now they're technically homeless, they're buying stuff. Now this guy wants a press. What the actual, and then they charted on Billboard at the end of the tour and they didn't miss a show? Like, this is, like, epic stuff right here. I was just like so unreal and I think that was our first tour like with uh me and Zach uh our bass player had just joined at the time that was like our first tour like all together and like just to have it be that much of a cluster was just it was just funny (laughs) that is just that is just ridiculous but then then again it also like with the guys you have in the band as well just you guys have gone through something like that similar like the story that I heard with empty with of course the other box truck one and the guys in the back of the uh box truck wrestling because they had the original for just for the shit of it but it's something where you think about these stories and 
they're stories that connect you as a band to a whole different level because you've been through these experiences before. It's like no one else is gonna has gone through these experiences. You're gonna want to remember these things, but it also creates that bond and it adds to the chemistry that the band's gonna end up having in the long run because you've been through these things, you've gone through these things, you've gone through them successfully, even in the wackiest of situations, but it just creates this more like brotherhood bond at the end of it that it's going to be hard to break that. And the chemistry is going to flow when you guys really start, you know, writing music, which is basically what you have been doing the whole entire day up until this point. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Like I, I would not want an experience like that with anybody other than these guys. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't think so either. And probably, you know, as you guys continue to make more music, you know, end up going out on like, you know, release the new album eulogy in, in February and hopefully end up going on some pretty nice long, you know, tours in terms of, you know, not only just length, but also just distance, you know, going out to places more on the West Coast, coming, you know, in my neck of the woods here in the upper Midwest, you know, like come around the Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, maybe go to Minneapolis area, just around here, just so we can get some crazy mosh pits going for, if not for me, and have a fucking blast while doing it. And people get to know the name more, people get to know the music more, all of a sudden, you know, potentially... You guys end up getting, you know, on some of these festivals, you end up getting on the Damon Presents festivals, get like, you know, uh, Rocklahoma, get to Rockfest here in Wisconsin, wherever it might be. And all of a sudden people are going to know more about it. And all the stories that you guys end up creating off of that are just going to continue to bring the band even closer. Absolutely, my man. Yeah, we got we got to get up your way. I think, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll be touring in February whenever the, the album drops. So um, I got to look at the route and see if we're coming your way at all. But yeah, we would love to get up to your neck of the woods. I'll say just uh just just tell Cody just be like yeah make sure that we can get up to you know Kevin's neck of the woods because we'll have a fun time doing that shit especially yep. you know I'll say even if you if you come up in February too it's like yeah it's been cold up here but people are gonna be looking for stuff to do people don't want to be like locked in their houses like dirt like they were during the pandemic because it's cold outside no we want to go out and do some stuff if I see there's gonna be a show out there if I see you guys playing and be like boom I'm there well I if my, you might have to work in the morning screw it you might have to do a podcast that night screw it I'm still gonna make it anyway. That's awesome, man. Thank you. I've done that before where I had a a podcast with a band called The Warning, and we did it for an hour, and I literally, like, cut off the podcast, and I bolted out of the house so I could go down to downtown Milwaukee to go to NotFest. Like, I bolted, right? I'm like, I gotta go! (laughs) So I would do that for you guys. NotFest always is a sick show, too, so, like, you can't miss that. Oh, no, couldn't miss it, especially with, like, Fever 333 on the bills. I'm like, I gotta see Jason Allen Butler do some crazy stuff, and I do now have the answer for Jason Al Butler when it becomes between boxes and briefs. He is a briefs man. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> One of the wackiest things I saw during that show. But of course, you know, I've saw a bunch of other wacky stuff as well. However, that's a sh- that story for a different day because, of course, the focus is on, if not for me, again, you guys have two singles out right now is the time we record this podcast, Burn, and then the recently released dearly deceased but also you guys got that album coming out eulogy again february i believe you said february 25th of 2022 and man i got to go through the whole entire thing and yeah i said that oh my god at the beginning and i was not lying because i've got every single song we go through and but i want to know when it came to writing this whole entire uh record writing this whole entire album what was your mindset behind writing it what was your overall like uh inspiration to write this album because I kind of have some ideas of where you were going with this in terms of each song, but I want to see kind of like what you were going with and then how I kind of matched up with it in a way. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad Cody sent you the whole record um, to go off of. We're like super proud of it and, and we've been sitting on it too long. It's like, it's, we're just so ready to have it out. Um, but we, we wrote the whole record in like two batches. Like we went and recorded 
five or six songs and then like six to eight months later I think we went and did the rest um but my I had to answer your question my mindset I guess at the time wasn't great <laughs> which like you could probably tell by by listening to a lot of the songs on that record um I wasn't in the best headspace when writing it um but when when Hayden and, and Zach were you know kind of slamming out the instrumentals um which was great because like we're all we're, we're generally super collaborative with it like we'll all get together and we'll hammer stuff out together and then sometimes like somebody will bring in something that they did outside of the group um but but the stuff that Hayden and Zach were coming up with was just like so so good and um like instrumentally and it, it pushed me to um I guess it pushed me to, to really dig to places that I've never really dug with my lyrics, um, which, which was, I mean, great. I love the way, uh, I love the way the record ended up. Um, but yeah, I wasn't in the best place mentally when I wrote it. Um, but yeah. Zach, you kind of pick up on that a little bit, but hearing the instrumentals as well, that was one thing that really kind of drove the whole entire album in itself to really bring that out there because as I was listening, it was like there were a couple of ideas of certain bands that were popping in my head. Like, OK, where have I felt this before? It's not like where have I heard this before, but where have I felt something like this before? And a lot of times I was picking up certain bands, like picking up bands like Memphis May Fire. I picked up a lot of We Came As Romans vibes in some of these. Plus, I also picked up a couple of like, you know, it was like Sleeping With Sirens, Pierce the Veil kind of vibes wrapped within there as well. And hearing a lot of their music and listening to a lot of their stuff, it's like when they end up getting a lot more personal, I'm like, holy crap, there's some act, there's like some things here that can really pull out a lot of deeper meaning. Then I started to go through the lyrics, go through the uh, meanings of the songs and really start to pull out a couple of ideas that I had from your lyrics. And I could see that, you know, you were really diving deep into some certain places in terms of your own self, your own mindset, relationships that you've had with other people, with society and how it impacts your relationship with yourself as well to really bring a lot of that out there. I was picking up on a lot of that, but a lot of the instrumentals were really pulling that out there. So if you were listening to the instrumentals and then building your uh, ideas for the songs, your means for them with the lyrics off of that, it really came out to be the most effective as it did, you know, just listening to each song through and through. Plus, I do want to ask about this because you said like you recorded like some of these and then six, eight months later, you recorded this, the other batch because on the album, it's like you have the first five songs then you have the the titular song eulogy, which is kind of like that break. And then you have the next couple of songs, like the next batch of songs. What is that the break between like, okay, the first half you recorded at one point, the second half you recorded a different point, or were they all mixed in together? For the most part, I, I think they were pretty much, ah, maybe. I think actually the back half of the record is probably most of the songs that we recorded first. Um, and then, I mean, with the exception of Burn, I think Burn was in the first batch of songs that we did. But I, other than that, I think the whole first half of the record was was the second batch of songs. See, that that kind of makes sense a little bit just because listening to the sec, like the second half of the, of the record, it has a little bit of a different flair to it. But of course, when you have that break in there with eulogy with that you know that it's like a one minute six i'm looking at the just the rundown right now on a different screen like it's one minute and 16 seconds it definitely stands out as that like middle point that break and then you go into the like the next couple of songs you go into the second half of the album and it doesn't necessarily have 
it, it like mean wise, I think it has a little bit of a different flair to it. But overall, impactfully, when you work on some of these songs, it still has the drive. And I think that second half is a little bit more diverse as well, especially when you have Powerless in there, because that was the song that I mean, out of all of these, that was the one that stood out the most because it was the mo- most different from everything. But yeah. man, like emotionally, does that thing fucking hit? <laughs> I'm glad you feel that way. That's that's um that's a song that I wasn't like stoked about writing. Um, but like I love the way it came out. Um, but it's it's not a song that I like to listen to. But it's like wh- whenever uh, whenever people hear it, I know that's gonna be one that that people are gonna latch onto, and and that's one that they're probably gonna have the most questions about and, and, and all that kind of stuff, like what I wrote it about and, and you know, all that good stuff. Um, I'm, it's, it's my mom's favorite song on the record because there's no screaming in it, but but yeah. That's what I thought you were gonna say with that. It's like, it's her most favorite because well, yeah, there's no yeah. screaming at it. But I, like you said, you're gonna get a lot of questions on it and I, I'm gonna, not gonna lie, I do wanna ask some of those questions because it is, rather interesting to see kind of exactly where you were going with this on the song so when it comes to powerless what was the actual meaning of the song what was the headspace you were going into when you were writing down lyrics for this and constructing the overall meaning of this track to come out the way it did yeah um so uh i i think it was hayden's idea to to do like kind of like a slower ballad type song um and and he pitched me the idea of, of just like a song that's you know mostly piano and strings and if we want to dig into it later, then we could totally do that. Um, I'm going to plug my phone charger in so my phone doesn't die on you. <laughs> but um, Oh, awesome, because I've had that happening before where phones have died on me during the packs. I'm like, oh, this kind of stinks. <laughs> yeah, the whole the 20% battery life thing just popped up, and I was like, ah, I better take care of that. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, he didn't kind of hammer out the instrumentals for, for the piano for Powerless. Um, and then it just kind of went back and forth for, you know, a month or so between me and him, uh, like adding parts, taking away parts, changing the arrangement of the piano and all that kind of stuff, uh, just between the two of us. And then it, it was just, you know, like writing stuff um, kind of back and forth. And I was like, yeah, I want the full band to come in in this section and you should do like a little solo bit here and, and you know, all that kind of stuff, like getting the general arrangement of the instrumentals. and eventually we had an instrumental that we were like pretty stoked on but for like months i had no idea like what to actually write the song about um and and it was one that we we kind of sat on for a while because i just i had nothing for it um and then uh hopefully this doesn't sound ridiculous i know some people might think it is but uh one night um well, we started to notice my one of my cats was getting really sick, and um, it started like really slowly. Like we noticed he wasn't eating; he was always hiding. He was losing weight. His his toe beans were all pale, and his tongue and his breathing was weird, and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we ended up taking him to the vet for what we thought was going to be like a, you know, like a sinus infection. Like he had a congestion or, or something like that um but then the emergency vet comes in and, and they're like yeah you might want to consider having him put down like right now and we're just like what the hell like it just it was just like so 
out of left field to us. And, and, and like the doctor would come in running and it, it turned out what was wrong with him is, um, his chest was just like filled with fluid and, um, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and they were doing like tests on him. And, and every time the doctor would come in, he'd say something that was like, it could be this, it could be that, it could be whatever. And everything he, he would say is like worse than the last thing. And we're just like, it like just caught us so off guard. Um, and then, so he, he had to stay overnight in the hospital um, while they were, you know, running more tests on him. And our options were basically put him down right there or take him to a specialist. And I was like, I mean, we're, we're doing a specialist. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's just the kind of person I am. I, I was, I didn't care how much, I had to put into it. Like if he was, if if he had a chance, I was going to try and give it to him. Um, so we went home that night, uh, without him obviously. And that night I didn't sleep. I wrote the lyrics to powerless, like the whole song. And I changed it to the perspective of of like a, like a father losing his, his daughter to, to some ridiculous, unpreventable illness. Um, just to try and make it, you know, more like relatable to, a general audience that maybe they don't have pets or you know whatever but uh try to you know tug on the heartstrings a little bit more um but yeah that, that's basically what it was written about um so it, it's but yeah yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> i think a lot of people are gonna be able to relate to that as well because when it comes to the specifics about how you wrote about it like now that people are going to know about the exact reason behind it a lot of us have gone through times in life where we've had pets and, you know, we've lost them because old age, whatever it might have been. I mean, I mean, the same thing that happened with my dog where all of a sudden it was like she was doing yeah. fine. All of a sudden cancer uh, took over and she went from yeah. being like a normal dog. And then two weeks, two, three weeks later, we had to put her down out of nowhere. I was like, what the actual hell? And dealing with that, it's like, I mean, I've spent the whole entire last week with her while my, everyone in my family was uh, on vacation, a family home up north. And it was, if I like, I felt the same way. I'm like, I felt absolutely powerless. I couldn't do anything, but I yeah. had to keep her going because I wasn't going to let my mom or dad or my brother not be able to say goodbye. Cause otherwise they would have, they would have hated me forever for that. But taking it from the perspective of, you know, maybe either from like a father losing, you know, one of their children to something like this from a young age and feeling powerless to potentially help out with that because they are your kid. It really yeah. also adds that as well. But one other thing I liked about it was the fact that when I was listening to the lyrics, it also felt like you not not only looked at it from like a father's perspective, but you looked at it from the opposite perspective as well at the exact same time. So yeah. people that have gone through it on the other end where your kids and, you know, you might be losing a parent to some sort of illness, whether it might be a disease like cancer, whether it might be a horrible accident, you know, whatever it might have been. I mean, you're taking a look at that as well because as a kid, it's, you know, your parents are, you know, the people you look up to most. They're, they're your first heroes. They're your first, you know, people that you really just care about. So when something goes wrong, it feels like, you know, you're powerless to help them and you don't know what to do. So you really end up bringing out both perspectives of that with the lyrics of the song. Yeah, and, and that's what I was trying to do. I was, I was mainly just trying to convey um, just like, I guess, the feeling of, of just devastation of like losing somebody unexpectedly because like that's that's the worst part is, is when it's just so unexpected um but but yeah it was really uh that wasn't a fun song to write <laughs> but yeah oh I, I can i can easily understand why that would not be a fun song right however 
using that as the idea behind the song, especially with how the album was ended or the song was constructed, because like right when you listen to it right from the get go, because you get that piano creating this like more of this slow high tune, like, you know, piano style riff. And then also you get the violins come back in the second half of that intro. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to see like, okay, where is this going to go? How is this going to work? But once this, once you get to like the verse of the song, those violins, those strings become a lot more building throughout the song and prevalent yeah. kind of over the piano to create this more melodic, emotional, charged feeling to the whole entire exactly. song. And no, it's, I'm glad you picked up on that because, like, that's that's one thing I wanted is like each each progression of the song, whether it be from the intro to the verse to the first chorus to the second verse and so on. I wanted it each part to be kind of slightly more intense than the last. Um, to just kind of signify like how desperation develops. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually really glad you, you picked up on how the instrumentals build like that. Yeah. Well, cause even Cause as they continue, that was very intentional. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Cause even as they continue to build, like it's, it's a lot of it is due to those violins and those strings. They create that emotional yeah. melodic theatrical kind of feel. Cause it, like, especially the verse, it takes a song and makes it seem like, you know, you're going to be dealing with a lot of pain. So that desperation of feeling powerless ends up starting to come to a head. Then when you get into like the at like more to the first chorus, second chorus as well, you know it re you re add a lot more of the violins with the backing of the piano as well. I'm like I don't know how much deeper I can go into the instrumentals to really create more of like this emotional ballad with a lot of theatrics behind it. Again, given the melodic piano and how the violins perfectly accent it to create this feeling that we've lost someone we love and now we're having to deal with the fall of the entire thing because we couldn't do anything about it. And sometimes you can't do anything about it, but yeah. it shows so much of that. And then all of a sudden you kind of start to, you get to the closer to the end of the song and you bring the whole entire band in with the heavier melodic sound from the drums and from the guitar only for the gar- guitarist to kind of take us out of the song with this like melodic shreds kind of solo. And the key that was here, the key why this worked out so well, especially at the end was how the mix was done. It was so well done. The piano and violins, they were not sacrificed during this period of time. Like you could still tell that they were there. They were still at the yeah. base of this and they're still there for us to understand as we close out the song that we really feel the pain of everything that had gone on. So you add that desperation. Now you get to the point where, you know, nothing like you couldn't have done anything. And now this person has unfortunately passed on. And now you're really dealing with the overall emotion of the initial shock of that happening is you're really pulling it out right there with those instrumentals. And again, the key is that the fact that the mix does not sacrifice the strings and the piano when you bring in the rest of the full band. Yeah. We were very stoked with the way the mix came out, especially for that song in particular, just the blends that we got. And I mean, it was just, I mean, we had the the overall sound in our head of, of what we wanted for, for some of those parts. And to just like, to hear it played back exactly how we wanted it was just like, hey, that's that's great. <laughs> and we, we gave, I, I don't know, we, I guess we gave Hayden that part at the end where it was just like, we started off with a melodic solo and then we're just like, here you go, Hayden shred for a bar or so. And, and the way he did it was just, I, I just really like the way he wrote that part um, and the way it builds and, and, and then, you know, goes into like the somber ending. Yeah. And it just really creates the overall vibe of, like emotionally, especially through the instrumentals, like the theatrics behind it, just the use of the piano, the violins with the connotations that they have, especially with the tones that you use on them. Mm-hmm. But uh, but then, of course, you know, you sang on the song as well. So the vocals add to the piece of that as well. 
And because again, this is the only song that you remain completely clean throughout the whole entire thing that you that you yeah. sing on. Because of course, Eulogy, the titular song, being that middle break, there really is no vocals on that. So this one was definitely the one that stood out the most in understanding why you know your it's your mom's favorite. It creates more of that emotional <laughs> ballad. It's the pitch and the tone is really what really opens the song up for like the meaning specifically. Because in the beginning, you know, when you start the verses. The vocals are lower tone to show more of this exhaustive feel. It's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. at the beginning, like you, when you can't do anything, you know, the desperation, it hasn't fully hit yet, but you're still tired. You're still not sure what to do. And it's just the emotional drain on you really feels. And it shows how that loss can really and give you to feel powerless and can exhaust us mostly. But then as you continue to go through the song, like your vocals start to build and your yeah. vocals get less exhaustive. They move more of this higher pitch clean style that shows a lot more of that emotion behind it. And I got to read my notes specifically for this one because I, I swear, if this was 2006, this would be like an e- this would be like the emo anthem of the fucking year. It's like there is so much pain that is being shown in these vocals just from being like al- like alone and kind of feeling powerless, desperate because you lost it. It hurts, but we can feel the pain, the agony of being powerless right with the way the vocals build. So... Yeah, if you were around in 2016, you wrote this, like, MCR would have had a run for their fucking money. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> but, again, my God, like, it was just something where it, it is the total black sheep of the album in terms of just sound. But yeah, its absolutely. inclusion in there and the way that it's constructed still makes so much sense in the overall mindset and theme of the album as well because yeah. it just works. And I, th- I think that's why we decided to put it so late in the album, too, is, is just because, you know, you've been hearing um, not a more consistent sound throughout the rest of the record that kind of builds upon itself. And then, you know, that song comes in and it's just like a completely different uh, mood change, but it, it conveys the same messages that it, it can cons- conveys the same overall theme of, of the record um in just such a different way um so that's that's why we wanted it last or well second to last on the record too is it, we just seemed like that would be a good fit for it and then also releasing dearly deceased as a single on this album is be is something where i'm just using it from like my mindset as well because when i was running through it's like i already knew of burn i already knew of dearly deceased so when i was running through i knew what i was going to get on both of those songs so when i got to powerless it felt like to me like this was going to be the last song on the record that i didn't know yet and when it hit, it just took to a whole different level. Like it was, it was nuts as something where I like the fact that you didn't put it completely last on the album run through, but it's going to be in the mindset when people listen to it first, especially if they've already listened to Dearly Deceased. It's like, okay, this could be the last new one I get to check out. And it's just going to take them on a completely different emotional journey in terms of the overall sound. However, the meaning around the song still connects with all the other meanings of every single song on this album. That's why it belongs on here. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I'll say it was something else. However, not going to lie, on this album, that was definitely not my favorite song because I tend to like a little bit of a heavier, faster paced yeah. kind of style. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> I'll say that's just like, kind of my thing. I really like the way it came out, but it's not one that I like particularly enjoy listening to or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. It, it It's not one that... uh sits well with me <laughs> Again, other under- people and everybody I've, I've, I've showed it to especially my family i uh, really like it and, and i'm glad you connected so much with it and picked up on everything that i was trying to put out and I, I just hope other people do the same thing with it 
I think they will. And now I got to ask this because you're like, this is a song that, you know, I'm not really want to like, you know, particularly like go like, you know, super duper like into a plane because, well, it does have that emotional charge to it. So when it comes to this record, what is, what would be like, I know you like all 11 songs, but what is like the song that sticks out to you the most out of these 11? Um, One of my favorites, I think one of our collective favorites actually is a song that's called Better Days, um, which I think we're dropping with a music video when the record actually comes out. Um, but that was just, that was a song. Um, I think uh, Zach actually put that whole thing together himself and he sent it over to me and was like, hey, you want to use this? And I listened through it and I was like, yeah, because <laughs> it was like really sick. But we, that one we were like really, really stoked with uh, the hook and the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh. So that's definitely one of them. Well, uh, why don't we dive deep into that one? Because if that one's like yeah. the collective favorite of the band, let's really go into it. So, of course, like I brought up with uh, with the last song that we talked about, the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, what was the overall specific meaning behind this song? Because oh. I have my whole thoughts in it. It's like a paragraph long explanation that I'm looking at my computer right now. So I want to see what you got, what you really meant by this and see kind of like where the connection comes in to see also how it was presented in the song, how it connects overall, because your explanation, my explanation might be similar, a little bit different, but then again, that difference might come from just personal experience and personal perspective because you and I have lived completely different lives up to this point. For sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that's good because um, this is one that I, I want to leave very open to anybody to interpret it however they need to at the time. Um, uh, I wrote it specifically about... Um, I guess the fear of, of not knowing what happens to you after you die and, and kind of um, living your life in worry um, and, and trying to prepare for that um, and trying to find peace in the fact that, you know, we never really know until it happens. Um, and, and I think, I think one of the, one of the key takeaway lines in that song is in the course, I say, um, if there's nothing after this, I'd rather live in, in bliss which basically by that, I meant that, you know, if we die and there's nothing and I live my whole life wanting something, then, you know, that's okay. Cause I still lived. Um, it's, it's kind of like, a it's like, I'm not one to tell anybody what to believe and what not to believe, but like, I like to think that, you know, maybe there's something better for us after this life. Um, and, and I basically wanted to write the song about, you know, finding peace in the fact that maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but I'd rather, you know, live my life as if, you know, there is. And if there's not, that's fine. Understandable as where I took a little bit of a different approach on it. However, I think again, the, the core me is the same and it's for a little bit of a different reason where mm -hmm. I thought it was about like thinking about a time in life where things are just not going right at all. And yeah. you don't know how to fix what's going wrong. Therefore, instead of like trying to fix, you're just hoping for those better days to come. So you're just hoping you're just like, you're not really trying to do anything about it because you don't know what to do. And like, you're hoping those better days will come your way in the end and that your problems will basically kind of resolve themselves. And it shows more of that like loss of hope that many of us experience when we go through those troubled times when we feel like, you know, we're stuck in those times. When you feel like you're stuck in them. It feels like there's no way out. And it ends up being about like, find a way to keep that hope so you can get to those better days and not be, you know, stuck in the bad days. 
but yeah. also doesn't work to hurt to get them. And the reason why I went that route for myself is because back in 2017, I was in the period, of, I was in that headspace where it was like nothing was going right. Anything I tried was just not getting me out of there. And it felt kind of hopeless at this point. So it was kind of like, felt like hoping for those better days to happen. And it came to a point where, you know, things started to happen and, you know, certain depression took over, suicidal tendencies took over and it like, it was tough. It was not easy. So that's where I connected with it more because I remember being in that headspace where instead of wondering, you know, what happens after we die, it's like, are those going to be better days than what we have right now? It's like, I'm thinking, I was thinking about more of, will those better days even come while I'm even here? So right. I, looked at, I took a more of like a more, I think a little more of a narrow approach to it. It's like, I guess a more literal approach or like a more, um, like it's, it's cool though, because I mean, my intentions when writing it were, were like a little more big picture, but even though we have completely different interpretations of it, they still, you know, line up exactly the same, you know, it's, it's, it's waiting for something to come that's better and, and that and that's why i want people to interpret the song really however you know they however they're feeling at the time or however they whatever they want to get out of this song like that's what i want you to get yeah and, and again it's where we came where you went more big picture i went more narrow on it mm-hmm. it's the reason why you know both of us still understand each other's means the song is because the emotion behind the idea of the song that you wrote about it and how i took it are still the same yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's I don't know. That's so cool about music is is like, I, if if you feel something, you know, it it could be you know a completely different thing that somebody else is feeling, but it's still connecting at the same time. I, I That's still, just, I'm I'm glad you you got that interpretation out of it because I'm actually looking forward to hearing other people's perspectives on this song because it's just one of those that that can be taken so many ways. Um, but can also still connect. And I'm just adding even more on top of it as well. And I think it was, I still think Dave Grohl said it best where he could be playing at a concert in front of 85,000 people, play a song and those 85,000 people could sing the exact same song back to him. And it's all for 85,000 different reasons because we've all gone through different things. Like we've all experienced different things in life and we're gonna end up relating them in a different way. However, it's the emotion that is at the core of those songs, at the core of our experiences, that is gonna be the consistent thing. That's why you see so many people from so many different walks of life go to different rock and metal shows and be and just feel like it's family. It's because we're all connecting positively on an emotional level. 100%. Music is so cool. <laughs> no, it is fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. And even like diving deeper into better days as well, because the first thing that I noticed about it was like right when the intro starts, because I took it was like had this like a little bit higher, a little bit of like electronic opening that then dives deeper in this melodic bursty metalcore. And in my mind, the first thing I thought of was the emotions and the feelings that I had when I listened to certain songs off of We Came As Romans 2017. I'm like learning to survive and lost in the moment. Like that's where my head went initially on this. And I like this intro because it uses electronic pieces to get further into our mind. Like it opens us up, but create more of this like fantasy world at the same time as well. Again, those better days where we're longing for them, we're stuck in this, you know, not sure mm-hmm. if, from my perspective, not sure if those better days are going to come. And from your perspective, big picture, not sure if there's better days even after this whole entire lifetime. And this is something that we do when we are in this spot and trying, you know, that sees us trying to like better ourselves while having it seem like nothing is working. So it kind of yeah. opens up our mind in that perspective. Absolutely. It, better Days was just like, it, it was one of those songs that was like, 
just so easy. Like, <laughs> I, I know, I, I mean, a lot of people that, that watch this are, are probably musicians and songwriters as well. And it's like, everybody has that experience when, um, you know, they're, they're trying to write a song and they can have the sickest ideas, but, but nothing is coming to them like thematically or lyrically or anything like that. And they can sit on like a really cool part for, weeks or months or whatever and, and they're just not getting anywhere but better days it's funny because it was it was the easiest song like i've ever written um and it's and it's one of my favorites like zach sent me the instrumental i listened through it once and i was like okay and then i listened through it again and it was like i already had most of the melodies in place that i that i heard in my head and then like by the fourth or fifth listen through it's like half the lyrics were done it was just one that just it just fell out of me so easy and and I don't really know why, but I mean, I, I don't know if that's just something that was like really pulling at me at the time or something, but it's it's definitely one of my uh, favorite tracks on the album. And I'm really stoked for people to hear that one. Well, I, I would be as well, just because it really pulls that out. But the fact that, yeah. you know, this song came more naturally for you to just write the lyrics to the, the thematics behind it and really pour out of you. That's going to end up happening from time to time as well. You're just going to end up hearing something that yeah. you guys come together as a band. It's just going to work. It's just going to flow yeah. very well together. But there are times where, you know, you're going to get those writer's block. You're going to end up listening to a uh, song 10 or 20 times and nothing's come to you. But you're going to get some like better days where you're going to listen to, you know, it three or four times. And next thing you know, you have half the song already written out lyrics. Yeah. That's the best when that happens. <laughs> well, there's plenty of uh, writer's block songs on the record too, though. <laughs> oh, I can understand that. But then, like, even as you continue to work within Better Days as well, because one one thing that stuck out to me in the verse is like, there's like this twangy bass over the softer drum pattern, the electronic backing. Yeah. Then you bring in like the guitars come with the heavy, like a little bit heavier drums become more prominent in the mix. All the electronic piece is still over the entire thing. And it did not surprise me that how like how you guys did this because it creates this building up of this wishful fantasy filled feel of the song. And then it builds further into the song, like it's a heavier back and creates the emotion that, you know, what we hope for and might not be reality. It might never become reality. And it right. all works within the building of the heavier styles on the back end of it. Yeah, for sure. Like this is this is one song that like when I listened through it, I heard big. Like I heard I, I want big notes. I want big hooks. I, it, it's just, I don't know. It just, I, I'm sure people will, will get it when they listen to it, but it's just, it, it's a song to me that just sounds like it's, it's big and open. Um, and you know, that's, that's what uh, I wanted when I, I wrote the, out the lyrics and, and melodies and everything. I was like, we got to think big for this one. <laughs> well, you're talking about making the song feel like it's big and like open, like for people to really kind of just get a bigger grasp into it. And the reason why I brought up a uh, lost note by we came as Romans is because mm -hmm. it's a similar emotion that I got off of this when it was like, I heard it. I got that same feeling that it was, you know, like with that song, it has a lot more of a wider reaching thing. And this song has yeah. the exact same thing, even though when I came out with the, my meaning of it, I really more narrowed it down, but I narrowed it down in this big net of possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, it's one, it's a song that I think carries a lot of weight. Um, mainly because it, it can be interpreted in so many different ways and, and it can mean whatever anybody needs it to mean. So that, that's, I mean, I was like, yeah, I want, I want big high notes. I want big hooks. I want big melodies. I, I just want everything to sound really big and open and, and hopefully the listener would, would connect with it. Oh, absolutely. Even as like continue to go to the, like more of an instrumental breakdown as well, because we went to the verse and now the chorus, like I heard this electronic piece 
it keeps up here like to soften the slower bursting background the instrumentals have in the chorus and this is interesting to me because it is really creating more of that wishful feel once again that better days are ahead for you but then the other mm -hmm. issue is that it's all a fantasy for now and it seems so far away because of how that electronic piece is over those bursting uh like melodic background and when you're in that mindset, again, it makes total sense to feel like, you know, you know that they could be there, but they seem so far away that you're not necessarily sure that when it comes to my perspective, if those better days are even going to come or from your perspective, if those better days are going to potentially, or if there's any better days following this certain lifetime. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's like, I, I think it might be the only song, well, besides Powerless that we've ever written that like doesn't really have like a big breakdown section in it too which it's like, how can we, when Zach sent it to me, I was like, how can we get a big message across without, you know, being heavy? Like how can, how can we do this melodically to connect with the listener? Um, and, and like the synths and, and, um, and, and strings and stuff that you were mentioning, it's like, I feel like that's what really carries the song from part to part, like the, all mm -hmm. the electronic elements, the production side of, of all of that um and like that's that's what i i pretty much wrote all the melodies to is is the electronics like i was barely paying attention to the guitars i was like i want to i want to pull <laughs> i want to pull whatever i can out of these uh synths and everything like that um so yeah zach zach did a lot of uh, programming work and that song you, with all the uh, electronics. Well, because even though you guys like bridge to kind of like create that, but you know, breakdown that wasn't as heavy as anything else you guys did on the rest mm -hmm. of the album. It was like those electronic openings stay, but then there's a piano that comes over to add the emotion situation. Drums and can come behind in the second half to build more of that suspense to a potential breakdown. Mm -hmm. And when you hit that breakdown, it's not like any other breakdown you guys wrote on this album because yeah. it's drawn out more and it's a little bit softer, the electronic backing over, but it really shows again with the electronic more of this wishful thinking as how it is like, you know, the, what you want is so much further behind us in reality or so much further in front of us that we're not sure we're going to ever potentially get that. It speaks to wanting more of like when you're not feeling like things are going right. It's like you want it to happen, but it just speaks of this kind of agony of uncertainty and this agony of yeah. will, will days even get better? Will this ever happen? And just the emotion behind that. I mean, it took me back to like freaking November, 2017, where, uh, yeah, that was probably the worst month I've ever had in my entire life. But it hit emotionally on that aspect where it seemed like there was never a chance that a better day was going to even come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the um, another really key takeaway line from that song is it's like right before the last horse drop coming out of that, you know, softer bridge. I, I say, um, we'll never know what, uh, I'll never know what lies in front of me until the day I stop breathing, which is, you know, basically sums up the whole song that, you know, we don't know uh and so we know and and you know we we may want these better days to come and, and and we can hold out for them all we want but you know you 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 gotta you gotta keep going you gotta you gotta live your life um anyway like regardless of you know what you're afraid of because you know if the better days come they come if they don't then i mean at least you did something with yourself you know you, at least um you know, hopefully you have something you can be proud of or, or something that, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I, I know what you mean. And 
even when it comes to the vocals on this song as well, because of course I got you here. I'm not gonna, you know, not talk about the vocals on Better Days. Of course, that seems like a dumb idea. And it's like with the first verse, it's like they stay primarily cleaner with this lower tone to start out. Then the mm-hmm. second half, it kind of gets it gets much more full, and I kind of like was makes like it's like metalcore, but also with this like Vic Fuentes from Pierce the Veil feel over the top as well. Like with the second verse, they start out the same, but then the second half, the unclean vocals then come right on in. And like now, this verse, this first verse, it sets up, sets us up more for the emotional kind of like a little bit of like a whininess and this plea for something more in life. And the second yeah. half opens up with that same style as well. But the unclean vocals show more of this wanting of something like you really want it. It just really adds more of the power to it. Shows that frustration when life isn't going right, and it's a smart move to show the emotion and the struggle of being stuck and wondering, you know, that you're not sure what's coming next. You're not sure about the unknown, and it's just. The struggle of the kind of the anticipation, the anxiety, or the wanting that something might happen, something might not happen, and you just don't know. Yeah, absolutely. That that um that that scream riff part and um and like the second verse was like I, I we felt like it was just so perfectly placed in, in like the progression of the song, you know, just just how just the way it builds upon itself, and it's like, man, this is even though it's not a heavy song, like this is the perfect spot to, you know, showcase a, um, a heavy part to, to just get that message of, of intensity and desperation across. And it was just like, I don't know, man, the, the riff Zach wrote for it was so sick. We were like really stoked on it. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Cause even like with the vocals go to the chorus as well. I kind of thought like, you know, that sound like brought up like that metalcore meets Vic Fuentes kind of feel. Yeah. It came back. This how came back melodically over the chorus. It provides this emotional cry for potential help. Like mm-hmm. where we are and like when we are in the pattern of wanting those better days in life, when it seems like nothing is going right, there's this want this plea for something more like this cry for help. And that is shown right here with this chorus. It's a cry for help and a wish that things will get better, even though we aren't even sure if they will in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, when I was writing out the melodies, it was like, it was pretty obvious that most of, especially the course was going to be in like a, like my belting range kind mm-hmm. of yeah. just be, just because of like, I don't know the weight behind the song and just, you know, the feel of the instrumentals. It was like, man, like I gotta, I gotta really sing on this track. <laughs> and um, it, it's like the way the verses I'm like a lot more contained. And then when we hit the, the, you know, the pre-course and the course and all that stuff, that's, I really wanted to um, hit the song super, super hard um, with the vocals, um, and we were really stoked with how how like the vocal production and everything came out on it. Like, um, I was tracking the vocals with uh, with Grant uh, McFarland of Atrium Audio, and like I sang the hook and like just to show it to him, and and he looks at me and he's like, "All right, I have." nothing to change about this at all <laughs> we're gonna run with it so we record it and then it's like we we were kind of pulling the harmonies and layers out of each other because like we both knew exactly what it needed um and you know like it's like i said like the the vocal performance on it was was one that i was really stoked on um and it's a big part of, of why it's one of my favorite songs on the record. Just the, the pure weight of the songwriting um, and the lyrical content and then mixed with, you know, the, the audio side of it and the, and the vocal production. It was just like it, it was a track that came together so perfectly uh, for us. And so we're like, we're really proud of that one. 
can't wait for people to hear that one. Oh, I can't wait for people to hear it either. And even like you're saying that you're most proud of this like vocally. And I totally understand that because the way it works. But I do want to bring up the little bit of the bridge vocals as well, because yeah. I think this is really where when it comes to like the being proud of how this track came out, how the vocals came out, I think this is really where it shines because in the bridge, you get the melodic vocals, a little bit lower, clean, oppressive tones. Then, mm-hmm. then the drums come in and you bring back more of that style that you had in the chorus a little bit with the cleans to come right back, stay throughout the bridge. But then you get that unclean transition into like the break yeah. on the final chorus as well. And I found this to be incredibly interesting because it, what I was thinking, I'm like, it's sh- instead of showing like the full anger of the situation with that unclean transition, it shows the cycle of wanting more and not going after because you mentally don't feel like you can't. It shows this more cyclical pattern because when you're in that, it's like you might want more, but then it's like, okay, you're pulling back because you don't think you might not be able to, it's not, not there, might not feel like you can get it, might not feel like you deserve it. So it creates this cyclical pattern around it. And I'm just like, if you don't want full unclean, it's like, I would have understood why, but this has so much more subtlety in it to really show that, you know, potential wanting better days and not sure when they're going to come or going into the unknown. It just shows the cycle of pattern of kind of, anxiety and fear of potentially even trying to make something happen when you're not sure of it. It shows so much of that. And so many people, including myself at times have gotten stuck in that pattern. So mm-hmm. feeling that, hearing that in the bridge and like going to the break of that transition, God damn, dude, <laughs> you're killing me here. <laughs> Thanks man. I really appreciate that. That's, that's a song I put, I mean, even though it came easy, I, I put a lot of work into it. I, I was very, very proud of that track especially the uh the like the main chorus hook and that bridge section like i love that bridge section a lot just the way it um uh just the way it builds on itself you know it's like starting off really low like that and then the intensity building um until finally like i'm screaming back into the chorus and and you know closing it out with the hook and it's like that section it, it just it it feels massive to me when when you know the drums kick back in and that mm-hmm. section and the, uh, the, the sustained guitars and the drums come in. I was just like, man, it's like, I, I feel like when, um, when Zach wrote the song, he knew exactly what I wanted before, like the song was even a thing. <laughs> Cause it's just like every part of it, especially that part of it was, was just like, man, this is exactly what I would have done to, you know, showcase the vocal. Um, even though I didn't even know what I was going to write it about, or he didn't know what I was going to write it about. It was just the way it came out was, it just came together so nicely for us. No, absolutely. It did. And one other thing that I did think about with the song as well, is just like, it really comes out with that natural feel. And when you're talking about how like Zach kind of helped like write the song, really wrote it and kind of, you know, really fit in with there without, you know, knowing what you were even thinking about with this just speaks to that chemistry that you guys have. Yeah, for sure. Like I writing with them is like a breeze. It's so nice. Cause we all, um, Zach, uh, he plays bass, but he's like a, a phenomenal guitar player. Um, and Hayden's a phenomenal guitar player. So this, and, and they both come from, you know, different stylistic backgrounds. Um, so like what they bring to the table is like normally so cool, like meshed together. And, and it's like, they, they each come up with ideas that the other one wouldn't have heard in their head. And like the products we get out of it is, is just like so cool. And then, and it's also cool because all three of us, um, me, Zach, and Hayden play guitar on the record. I got to play a little bit of guitar in one of the songs, which I was stoked about. Um, so it's like, 
all the instrumental writing with us is, is generally like really collaborative, but when one of us goes off and writes a song and then sends it to the guys for input, it's like normally we're able to come up with something really friggin' cool uh, between the three of us. Or sometimes we don't even change anything. We're like, yeah, we love all of this. <laughs> it's, it's like fantastic writing with them. It's just so easy. It was like their chorus vocals on Better Days. It's like, well, what do we need to hear? No notes. We're just going with what it is because it's yeah, perfect exactly. the way it is. Exactly. It but, happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. But oddly enough, because we've talked about, you know, we talk about power, let's talk about Better Days. I'm not going to lie. Because uh, we've talked about a song that's completely different. Talk about your favorite song. However, they, they're they not my favorite song in this record. The funniest mm-hmm. part about this is because you have two singles that are out right now and my favorite song in this record not one of the singles. Like you guys are saving some of the best stuff for album release day. This is like this is we awesome. Hoping, yeah, we we were we were hoping that you know there was going to be plenty of gems for people that either love the singles or or even necessarily didn't love the singles. We were hoping to to save a little bit of extra. Oh, absolutely! And for me, it was it was the first. It's the first song that's on the track list with voices. <laughs> I think that's Cody's favorite too, actually. God. Well, me and Cody kind of have a wacky, similar mindset at times, so I can understand why this is Cody's favorite. For me, it was just just the way that it like the way that it brought in, and the way that it you know you if you if people are gonna listen to this album for the first time, this is a song that literally sets up the album so incredibly well because it shows all the different ways that you guys could go. It's like the middle ground song, I think, because. Mm-hmm. If, I just kind of, instead of going through the whole entire thing, just go and look at, like, the overall little synopsis I wrote. And, like, I put overall, when it comes to voices, this really sets the album incredibly well. It shows the band is able to take the style of, like, uh, again, I brought up the band a couple of times because it was, like, the one band I'm, like, th- when it comes to just the emotional hit of, from a style of metalcore, like, we came as Romans, like, it was, in, like, felt like it was inspired. Like, it really hit on that sound to create this overall heavy metalcore sound while tr- while tying in electronic elements to guide us through the emotional journey of dealing with our own insecurities. I also like the vocal differentiation as well as the cleans provide with more of this wanting change feel while the uncleans can double as both voices trying to win inside our own heads or the inner you getting motivated to break free of that. I'm like, there's so much to like here. There's so much depth behind this song. And with those electronic inclusions, it shows that you can bring those in and really work with them even more so as the album goes on. But the tie-ins are so well done. The mix is so well done, not only on this song, but almost every other song on this record, where it's just like, there is such a dynamic here that speaks to not only how this record was crafted, how the writing process was done, but also the chemistry that you guys have to create something like this to the point where, again, like, even like before, like the day we recorded this, like I already had the whole entire album part written out. I had everything done. I'm at work and I'm like, okay, I'm playing this. I probably played it two or three times through. I was eating before I started uh, recording this. I listened the whole entire thing once again before I'm like, <laughs> I've listened to this thing probably five times today. That's but on awesome. top of like yeah. the 10 times I listened to it uh, the day beforehand, the 10 times I listened to it the day beforehand as well to work on this thing. So I'm like, if I'm listening 25 times in three days and I kind of want to listen to it more when I continue to work on this and put this whole entire podcast together, there's definitely something here for people to be like, you know, you have to latch on to something like this. And I'm like, God damn, if I want to listen to 25 times and then keep going, come on. You, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to miss out on that. I appreciate that. Let me get, let me get Hayden real quick. I think his charger's not working. <laughs> oh no, Hayden's charger's not working. Oh, come on. Did you get the 20% thing again? Yeah. Let's try... 
was it. But if it just wasn't plugged in, it's gonna be like, oh damn. Yeah, right. Ooh. But then if the twenty percent thing came on, that doesn't necessarily make sense. Oh well. I'll oh, say we're, okay. we're good. We are. We're good, but I got no video on you anymore, man. I just see I just oh. see Hayden's like professional photo. Here we go. <laughs> There we go. I mean that we're all now we're all set right back on on the robot. I mean, just looking again through the track list, like there are certain songs that still stick out to me. Like like one thing I absolutely love is just kind of you have all too familiar, then you have eulogy kind of taking out eulogy. You have all too familiar, too far gone, bury me. It's like those three songs, it feels like for me exactly. Again, these are three songs that haven't even been released yet. These are still three deep cuts yeah. at the moment. I don't know what single I don't know what other singles you guys have come out, but like you go ultimately too far gone, bear me. How you have those listed in there with eulogy breaking up, it tell like for me, it told a certain story that like really let you dive deep into yourself. I'm just like, holy shit, you guys just keep like bringing out all these different surprises in this album every step of the way. What the hell, guys? Like, is it like every time I like listen through this thing, every time something ends up hitting me, whether it's voice, or all of a sudden it's better days, go to burn, which I, I've listened to that song plenty of times already before because it was a single. Then go to All's Familiar, Too Far Gone, and Bury Me. And I'm like, I'm hearing a whole different story. Then get to Powerless, and it's just a whole different animal in itself with the way it's constructed. And it ended with Dearly Deceased. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. This album takes you on a ride so many different possible ways where, again, like you said, there's going to be people that listen to it and there's going to be so many different interpretations of it because of how dense this album is in terms of content, in terms of how it's constructed, just everything around there is just so well-crafted in that moment where, man, February 25th, 2022, can't consume enough for people to listen to this. Trust me on that, man. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm really stoked for... For people to hear, especially the the track you were talking about, the first track, like I love that song. <laughs> we all love that song. It's it's that's a, another one of our favorites. Um, I like when when Zach showed me the. Uh, I think Zach wrote the main riff, like like the intro riff, that or whatever it is. Um, and as soon as like they showed me the parts that they had for that, and and you know put it together with like the synths and all that kind of stuff, I was like, dude, that's that's the intro to the record. Like that's the first song. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, why? And I was like, trust me. And, and you know, we went with it. I was just, I like that it it doesn't necessarily you know start with you know a stereotypical breakdown that you know has been done before, and and it doesn't start with you know, it, it starts off super intense, um, but it's like riffy. And then all of a sudden, like the cleans come in and it's, it's like when that, when, when they showed me the, what they had after the riff, I was like, all right, I got to do something like unexpected here. And, and that's why I went with like, you know, the clean melody that I did. I'm, I'm like really glad you like that song actually, because it's, it's also one of my favorite songs on the record. Nice. But I'll, I'll even add this in there as well, because I keep talking big about the deep cuts and because I'd seen Ricky walk behind, like the, but while you were sitting on the couch, Ricky was walking yeah. behind like maybe like 10 or 11 times. I got to compare this a little bit to my experience with Welcome to Horror with Silver Scream 2 by Ice Night Kills. And you're going to yeah. see why you're going to see why. So when I listened to that Welcome to Horror with like when it came out, I was, I was amazed by it because it was the deep cuts that they had released as singles. I'm like, they literally saved the best for release day. I'm like, this was just a nice treat to go into. But I'm like, I like the singles. Well, like a funeral of the Rangers and Assault and Batteries kicked ass. And then you get hip to be scared with the bridge. I'm like, okay, that's one of the wackiest bridges I've ever heard. But it made total sense to go in there. I'm like, I loved every minute of it. When I listen to Eulogy, 
and I know the singles were so far Julius Easton burn, and now I know the rest of the album, and I know what's coming. I'm looking at I'm like, you guys are saving the best for release day. I'm like, you and like they're and like the singles are great, but there's what you guys have still saved in the back end. It's like you guys have to just scratch the surface of like for people when it comes to release singles, like how good this album truly is. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're 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 really stoked on it. It's just funny because there were some songs that, you know, we weren't even sure if they were gonna make the record, um, like you know whether or not they'd be included on it, and, and um, just like the batch of songs. I there's sure listening to them now. There's there's things like oh maybe we should have you know maybe done this or that or whatever because you're always gonna have those moments. But it's like the the core songs that we have, um, like even not including the singles, like we're we're just like so stoked about how they all came together. Um, and it's funny because one of the songs that was was going to be the first one to get cut from the record is actually going to be a single, um, which which will be out in, in December. Um, but like we we didn't like it going in um and and we we ended up you know re rewriting it with with carson and grant and it came out so cool and we we're like yeah this is a single now <laughs> it's funny and just because we almost didn't even you know bother to record it so I'm, I'm i'm really happy uh some of the deep cuts are the ones that that, that are pulling on you more oh it's it's something that's incredible now i gotta ask before i uh kind of wrap this up in a certain way what is the single that's coming out in december too far gone nice yeah. So uh, right after the instrumental eulogy, um, we're just like, man, this has such a big force hook. We're going to use it as a single. (laughs) You know, it's 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 I think um, I'm pretty sure like Cody picked it, actually, because, you know, we sent him all the songs um, for, you know, distribution and all that. um, And he was like, hey, I think we should do another single. And and we're like, all right. and, and we were, you know, going back and forth about it. And, and he brought that one up and we we're like, yeah, let's do that one. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, we love to pick that one. It's a good call. Alrighty. So one thing I like to do at the end of these, like of these podcasts is I like to always wrap up the album sum- summation wise. And I'm doing this one. Like if it's like press release style, because well, Ooh. I'm like, you know what? I want to see how, how this can work. And this is what I came up with. I put metalcore and emo fans you have a new kid on the block that is ready to combine the heaviness of metalcore with the lighter and more angsty emo tones to create something rather spectacular. From the opening track voices, the band brings the heaviness and electronic mixed emotional tone fans of We Came As Romans will clamor for, given the softer, emotionally charged cleans and quick chopping uncleans from Patrick to understand the concept of loneliness. From there, the band sets the mark by mixing in electronic influences, emo influences, and metalcore influences all throughout to create a dynamic record all about feeling isolated and the death of your true self to better please the outside world. Songs like Burn, Dearly Deceased, All Too Familiar, and Too Far Gone will show you the incredible mix, if not for me, has done balancing metalcore emo tones and electronic influences. But Powerless will show you how the emotional toll can be provided in more of an acoustically theatrical sound. Man, if not for me, is taking the reins with eulogy, and it's time for us to come along for the ride. Man, you should be a PR guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've, t- I've talked to Cody about that actually. And this might be something that I get into with, you know, so if you see something like this as your press release, just know where it came from this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be pretty stoked with that. <laughs> Cody's been like, I should, before, before we wrap up, I should say, cause, cause we, we signed at the Oria, you know, like a couple months ago and, and 
those guys have been putting in so much work for us and just treating us so well. Um, and, and just like, you know, doing things for us uh, that are beneficial that, you know, we probably wouldn't have thought of on our own. Like we've known Cody for a long time. He's, he's been a good mentor to us. And, you know, we're, we're like really stoked to, to be a part of his, his roster. Um, it, it's been going great so far. And, and I can't wait to see, you know, where we go from here when the record comes out. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching you guys and waiting to see what happens. And when this record comes out, you better believe that people are gonna know about it. You better believe that the people that I know are gonna end up knowing about it as well. Because, well, if I wrote that and I've been listening to this thing, you know, probably 25, I listen to it probably 25 times through the past three days. Yeah, I don't think that there's gonna be a chance that I'm not gonna be like, oh, you know, let's just let this thing go that way. Say, no, 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 no. When this thing comes out, oh dear God, are people gonna know about it from me? I'm glad you feel that way, man. I'm, I, I hope so. It's going to happen. Well, Patrick, as we close out this podcast, one thing I like to do at the end of these podcasts is give my guests, aka you, a chance to say anything you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote. So, Patrick, as we close this out, the floor is yours. Cool. Yeah. Um. So we'll have a new single out called uh, Too Far Gone, and I believe that drops in December, and I think that's when – uh, pre-orders for the record will, will come up as well with, you know, we'll, we'll do we'll put out merch bundles and all that kind of stuff for you guys. Um, and then February 20, I, there's actually going to be, I think three more singles. Um, so there'll be definitely two, if not three more singles. I, I can't remember if it's two or three. Um, so like we've got, we've got plenty more for you guys. Um, and, we're, we're very stoked for you guys to hear the record on uh, February 25th and, and hopefully, you know, come to a city near you. It's a good way to put it. So now I'm going to end this podcast with my three things. First things first. So you guys heard me, you heard me and Patrick literally talk about this record. You just talk about how the deep cuts that are on this record right now that aren't singles at the moment, like, you know, well, you're talking about how fantastic these are. They only like the singles only basically are scratching the surface of the greatness of this album. So you're gonna want to be sure to you know check those out when they end up dropping. You want to make sure you check out the album when it drops on February 25th, 2022, and you're gonna want to follow along with it, if not for me, because that just seems like a good idea. So you're gonna want to follow them on all their social medias. You're gonna want to make sure that when that when those merch models drop, that you order some of those and you pre-order some of those. You pre-order them. You pre-save them. But Instead of having to like search up, if not for me online and be like, okay, is this the right one? Is this the right one? Kevin, I'm not sure which one is the right one. Can you just figure this out for us and be, you know, like a <laughs> convenience guy for us? Well, duh. So take a look at the description of the podcast, YouTube, Fivel, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. You're going to see something that says fine, if not for me online. Links, labels, just one click, one stop shop. I got you guys covered. So You're yeah. Go send them a like, subscribe, uh, you know, follow them on Spotify, stream their stuff. And when, you know, the album is ready to be, you know, pre-ordered, those merch models come out, go pick yourself up one because, well, yeah, I'm going to do that too. So follow my lead, everybody. Now time for number two. So Patrick, whenever I'm guessing the podcast that I absolutely enjoy having the podcast, I make a certain promise. This has happened every freaking time so far. This po- this promise is not gonna you know waver on this one. You've not broken the streak, so the promise is not if. If implies possibility of not happening. It's a when because it implies possibility. It implies certainty of happening, but when, time wise, location still up in the air. So when I get to see if not for me perform for the first time, my promise to you, sir, is this: first round's on me. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
we will be ready for that. So it gives you a little incentive, you know, like go on tour and kind of come towards Milwaukee. You know, I'm totally down to make sure that, you know, we make make good on that promise. Song called Milwaukee. Like, why are we not playing in Milwaukee? <laughs> I know you guys got a song called Milwaukee. I'm like, you know, this is like perfect. And you can, you know, open with it. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, you're talking about our city. Hell yeah. Then you go into this stuff. It's like, oh my God, these guys are fucking fantastic. And then next if thing you know, and we don't play that song. Like there's a problem. <laughs> oh, oh, it'll be, if you guys don't play that song, I'll send you guys walk off stage. It's going to be me. Why don't you play the song about this city? All of a sudden you're like, Oh shit. Gotta go back up on there. We got one more for you guys. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so Patrick, as we close this podcast, we're good. I cannot end this with a goodbye for a couple of reasons. One, want to make good on that promise. Two, got to make sure you see you perform live. Three, would love to have you back in the podcast at a future date. And four, well, I'm just going to follow along with all your guys' stuff anyway. Make sure people know about the album. So we're going to keep this chugging along. So it is not goodbye, my friend. No, 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 no. End it with, see you later. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll see you all later. Well, well, folks, that's my review with Patrick from the band, if not for me. So this band, this album they have coming out called Eulogy, which comes out on February 25th, 2022. This already has like potential album of the year 2022 kind of already like on the masthead of it. So you're going to want to check it out when it comes out. Check out the singles that are out right now. There will be more singles coming out as we progress towards album release day. So please follow along with the band on their social media, subscribe to them on YouTube, buy some merch, pre-order those pre-order bundles. Like when, you know, the album comes out for 2022, um, I'll have all the links there for you as well. Pre-order the album, pre-save the album. I'm going to do that as well because God, I, they got bound for this. I want that physical copy. Like I did with Cassie, like I did with Stepson, man, I want to make sure that happens. This was this was, this is an incredible album. It's again called Eulogy. It comes out on February 25th, 2022. You will know all about it because we're going to constantly push this album for you guys. Like this is a fucking awesome album. Awesome album. I was an awesome. Now nah, I'm weird. Also, please follow along with the Corporate Crush Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yes, it is MSOTV Rocks as we release this podcast, but at the beginning of 2022, everything is going to become Chord Progression Podcast. So YouTube channel is already that way. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you haven't, please also subscribe on Spotify Podcast I heard or Amazon. If you haven't already, please do. If you have, I want to thank you very much. Thank you to sponsors, Phoenix Fitness and Custom Debuts. Links in the description for them as well, along with the discount codes for you guys to use. So check them out. Use those discount codes. Make something come happy with a Custom Debuts one. Yeah, use it for Christmas gifts, you know, for the music lover that you, in, in your family. Or just send some to me. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. But you know what? Let's just have a good day. Let's just keep this rolling. So on that note, that is going to be it for me today, guys. Thank you for watching. This to the Chord Progression Podcast. Brought to you by Emma Sweet Rocks, Rock Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes with a big, healthy, and hearty See.